0: Off the high screen, Dorian, kicked to the corner,
1: Feirano for three, it's good, with the foul! And back to throw is the quarterback, and Hayward is sacked by Joey Porter. Page
0: takes it in, scores, J.D. Page.
1: Or Stevens lets it go, and there's your touchdown, Michael Gallup. Got it down low, Hornung, dump. Here come the students, leading by 10. Here's Van Pelt. He's at the five. Touchdown, Colorado State.
0: What what What's up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Bojo's Pizza. Bojo's Pizza is the only place you can get a true Colorado mountain pie. Right now, Bojo's is offering 30% out off their takeout when you ask for it. If you happen to hit up Bojo's, make sure that you tag them. Tag us with your delicious order on social media. This is of course good at all six Colorado locations. If you can't hit up Bojo's, they do deliver through DoorDash super clutch, super convenient especially on a snowy afternoon evening like today. If you're gluten free, if you want a cheeseless option, if you want a plant based option Bojo's has you covered they have a pizza for everyone again, you know, Bojo's is Colorado Colorado is Bojo's We are all one. We are all in this together. If you have the means to support our partners, please do. Supporting our partners is supporting us. Cool, cool, cool. Really excited about today's episode. Men's basketball coach Nico Medved joined the podcast, had a chance to talk to him just, you know, kind of what the Rams are doing right now, what this process is like, uh, some scheduling stuff, all kinds of questions. Really, really cool of him to come on. He's you know, always just a gracious dude. Always really willing to spend time with the media. You know, as somebody that produces content for a living, I am appreciative of it. We are going to get to that uh, in just a second. Briefly, going to talk about uh, the tweet that John Rothstein put out. If you missed it, John Rothstein, the uh, robot overlord of college basketball media. I mean that as a compliment. I love Rossstein. The dude cracks me up, but. He put uh, sources, Louisville will play Colorado State and Arkansas will face San Francisco in the first round of the 2020 MGM Resorts main event in Las Vegas. This is, of course, the tournament that CSU is currently supposed to play in. Uh, it's the week of Thanksgiving traditionally out at the MGM in Las Vegas. Really, really fun chance for the Rams to play a big-time opponent. I mean, you kind of figured they would get Arkansas or Louisville. Uh, I was actually kind of bummed when I saw Rostin put this Tweet out, because uh, I've had this scoop. I've actually known that CSU was going to play Louisville for, you know, close to a month now. But uh, out of respect to some people in the program, I was waiting until things got finalized. But, you know, it is what it is. Rostein scooped us. He beat us. I'm sure Kevin and and Eddie had, you know, been told about the Louisville game too. It was not a secret. I'll just say that. But like I said, I'm I'm actually really excited for this. Chance to face an elite program, it'll obviously be really tough. Louisville's going to be pretty dang good next year. But to to be the best, you got to play the best. And I just think it's a good exposure opportunity. A lot of people watch these games. It's Thanksgiving week. You have people off. And it's just a great chance to kind of remind people, you know, the Rams are a program on the rise. So just wanted to briefly mention that. uh, Obviously, news, I'm sure... CSU fans are excited for the the opportunity to potentially get some sweet, sweet revenge for that 2013 NCAA tournament, but I would say that, you know, that game didn't really count because the NCAA vacated it, so what do you even have to have revenge for? Anyways, all jokes aside, let's jump right into that interview with Nico Medved. Again, big thanks to him and the Colorado State Media Relations Department for making this happen. Joining me today, we have a special guest, Nico Medved, head coach of the Colorado State Men's Basketball Program. Nico, how you doing, man? It's a snowy day. Nobody can go outside. It's weird times.
1: Yeah, I think I, I'm still gonna go outside today. I have to or I lose my mind. But I was just joking with somebody. It's you know, it's hard enough at times just being quarantined at home, and then you look out the window here. And it's, uh, there's a foot of snow in the middle of April and it's just kind of taking the knife and just sort of twisting it a little bit more, right? Like, how do you like that? You know, but, um, the beautiful thing about Colorado is it'll, uh, be sunny and it'll all be gone here in about a day.
0: That's true. And and you're a Midwest guy. So like this is, I mean, it's not like this is a brutal snowstorm by any means.
1: No. And and it was funny. We had our team meeting. We had a team meeting earlier today. We're talking about that. And, um, I told David Roddy who's in Minnesota and obviously Adam, you know, in Colorado, I said, you'd appreciate this, but you realize when you shoveled this stuff today, it was all wet. So it was like, he was like trying to shovel a five gallon pail of water, um, you know, and, and DT sitting there in Arizona and, and, uh, he doesn't know what the heck we're talking about or Isaiah in Texas. I mean, they barely ever, seen snowing. Yeah, Deshaun's on the other end of the spectrum. He's got to get up at like six thirty in the morning to run because it gets too hot. (laughs) 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 few weights outside. So yeah, it's but no, we're 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 doing well.
0: I guess, you know, that kind of naturally brings me to my next question. And it's it's obviously weird times right now, unprecedented teams had kind of had to adjust on the fly. I mean everything kind of shut down out of nowhere. How does this change your guys's evaluation process for, you know, each of the players individually, just knowing like, you know, not everybody has access to weights. Not everybody, you know, can get to a hoop right now, probably even.
1: Yeah. I I think that was a real sort of an eye opener for everyone. Once it kind of became, you know, the reality that most of these guys look around like, I don't have a basket to go shoot at. I don't have a weight room. Um, and it's going to be like that, you know, for the foreseeable future. And so I don't think it changed the evaluation. I think what it does is you're not focused on what you can't do. You're focused on what you can do. And I think for us, it's, you know, it's two things. You're trying to stay connected, uh, um, doing it that way. And you're trying to help these guys create routines for themselves academically, strength and conditioning, um, you know, what they eat, um, whatever it is that they can do. And, and, um, that's what we've done. And I think our staff and Uh, has done a great job of doing that. But everybody's in a little bit different predicament that way, you know, and you make the most of it and it is what it is. And and it's, it's unfortunate. I mean, we all love what we do. You want to keep working and developing, but I think for the most part, you know, these guys are doing all right.
0: You know, what is, what is your routine? Like, I'm sure, you know, you get asked about this in every interview you've done, but you know, what is the day of Nico Medved like in this social self, uh, self self-isolation world?
1: Yeah. You know, it's different. I think that was the first thing I had to come to grips with is like, okay, I've got to create a new routine for myself, right? A new uh, rhythm for my day. And so, you know, what I've done is, is I have an office in my house, but my office had been commandeered by my kids and their toys and stuff upstairs. So I've kind of taken our spare bedroom downstairs and I like, okay, I'm going to create, this as my workspace. And so I've been able to do that. And what I like to do, I, I usually get up, you know, six forty-five. Uh, I'll take the dog for a walk. Um, I'll do that, and then kind of, you know, get down in my office, you know, whatever, seven thirty is, seven, and I, I work, and I, whether it's catching up on emails, watching some film, uh, doing stuff like that. Maybe I've got some calls to make for some people that are on the East Coast or whatever it is. Um, then I'll go eat a little bit of breakfast, and then I really get into my day with its. If it's staff meetings, uh, player meetings, you know, like this morning we had a little, we had two actually pseudo clinics with our staff, you know, in the morning that we've done on zoom with some, with some really good people. Um, I'll do that. And I usually work until just before lunch, I'll get my workout in before lunch, whatever it is, if I'm running, biking, doing some, you know, resistance stuff in my house. And then I, one of my best parts, I usually make lunch for the kids, then spend some time with the kids. Um, I like to, I've been taking the kids for a walk right after lunch, just kind of me and, and dad. And that's been really fun And uh, to do that. And then I give Erica, you know, I have a chance to kind of do her thing for a little bit. And then I had to take control of this, Justin, but I've got our, both of our kids going down for a nap or quiet time at the same time at two. And that's where dad had to take control. And that's <laughs> been a life, that's been a lifesaver, you know, for, for my wife and us. And then, you know, the rest of you know, the afternoon, the same thing, you kind of get back to work and doing stuff like we're doing now. And, uh, you know, we have to do our team meetings at two o'clock because when you have Ignis and James in different parts of the world, that's really the only time we can get everybody, you know, together. Um, and so we do that. And then, man, it's, it's dinner time and, you know, take a little time for yourself. And, uh, um, I've watched a couple of TV shows that night with the wife every once in a while. Um, but man, these days just fly by it's been busy. And, um, that's sort of what it looks like and put one foot in front of the other.
0: It's, it's, you know, like we said, it's, it's weird, but you probably, you know, it's probably pretty nice actually getting to spend so much time with the kids. I mean, it kind of would have been like somewhat the off season anyways. But I mean, you get to be like the, the stay at home dad for a little bit.
1: Yeah. yeah. You know, and I, it's, you know, you learn too. I think in some ways you're busier that. So I, I really, you know, like quarantine myself in this room and I, you have to really schedule your days. Right. So you really have to be intentional about, I got a lot of stuff I need to do and get this done and you do it. But then when you walk out of this room, your kids see you, you know, your wife you're on and, and that's been good. And, and, uh, Um, so I have intentionally got to spend more time that way. And that's been, uh, that's been rewarding. And I know I'll appreciate that more later, um, but it has been busy and it's been challenging. There's no question. And, you know, kids don't always understand exactly what's going on. Um, it's hard to know exactly what the future looks like, but, you know, we remain hopeful and gosh, we're blessed, you know, to, 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 to have what we have. And, um, but you know, with all of its challenges, I would say, um, for the most part, we're doing well. And I, and I think our staff is doing well, doing well too.
0: You mentioned that you're watching, a, watching a couple of TV shows. What, what kind of TV shows are you into? Are you a Netflix guy? Or are you a binge
1: TV? Guy? <sighs> it's really hard, you know, to do it. Like, cause you know, my binge TV would be, uh, you know, San Diego state film or, or whatever, <laughs> you know, during the, during the year. But, um, so we pick one series. I haven't watched the tiger King yet. Like we have to do that. I don't know. Oh, is man. that worth it? Is it worth it?
0: It's wild. Like, it, I think you got to watch it just because at this point it's so culturally significant.
1: Yeah. It's just,
0: it's so weird. It's every episode, it gets weirder than the last.
1: So it's hard. It's been still a little bit hard with the kids. So like, like my wife, I like history stuff. So one thing we've just watched the first two and a half seasons of it might sound kind of weird is, is The Crown. Okay. You know, on that, which is kind of a, a, like, that was an older one, but like my wife and I never have time together. And so we kind of love history and stuff. So we just, well, of a sudden, we started getting into that and I, I, we did that. And, um, we like to watch a lot of documentaries too. Cause it's something, you know, you can kind of pop on for like an hour or something. And there's a ton of interesting stuff. Um, I think that, uh, that's on there. I have to finish the Aaron Hernandez one.
0: Oh yeah. That's a really I've, good one.
1: I, yeah. I, I haven't finished that one yet. And, and, uh, but that's kind of where that's kind of where we're at. I, I try, you know, I in the mornings, I try to read the news. Uh, um, I try to keep up with that stuff, you know, maybe read a little bit a little bit more than I did before. Um, but I, 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 I think it's really hard and I think it's dangerous for people to sit around and just watch the 24 hour news cycle. And I don't want to get into whatever. But I think doing that in these times in quarantine can really uh, put you in a bad spot, you know. And so I, I've stayed away from that.
0: I'm kind of at the same spot. Like at this point I know things are not great and nothing I read is going to make me feel any better about it. So I'm just kind of waiting out for it and and hoping that things play out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um absolutely. And, and 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 I know that they will, you know, and you just kind of put one foot in front of the other and you know the news changes daily and um and and I think it's you know it's about being honest with the reality of your situation. You have to do that, but I still, you got to remain hopeful for the future and know that, you know, we, this will pass. We will get through this and, you know, try to create that vision for, for, for yourself and for the people that you lead moving forward.
0: So taking things, you know, kind of back to college basketball here. I know you can't comment on a lot of specifics on this type of stuff, but Leon Rice actually came out and said that Boise state was considering potentially playing, like in a, an extra guaranteed buy game on the road against a P5 school just to, you know, potentially help the athletic department with some budget costs that, you know, might come over the next year or two. Have you had any conversations like that with CSU? Is that a good idea, do you think?
1: Well, I, I mean, I don't think there's any question or it's any secret out there. Uh, that budgets for FY21 are going to look different, not just in college basketball, uh, uh, but in just about every walk of life. And so I, I think that absolutely, you know, those discussions are starting to happen about, you know, uh, what can you do to save? What can you do to, uh, to you know, I don't know, trim fat is the wrong word, but um, I think that that's going to be a challenge for everybody, especially when nobody can really predict what next year is going to look like, but you've got to be able to submit the budgets. And um, I think, people are looking at things like, like Leon's talking about. I think one of the other things, Justin, that's happened is, you know, the mountain West um, on a one-time basis is going to allow us to play two non-division one games this year. And I think that just about everybody in the league will probably do something like that because you're talking about, you know, savings between 60 and $80,000 doing that. And I think that that's something that most schools will look at doing. Um, That's something that, that the conference is, um, has done. And, you know, people may go, may go and look to take a buy game. People might be mindful of, um, who they're playing as far as, is it a bus trip? Um, you know, how they travel. I think people are going to look at all those things in order to, to, to cut costs. And, um, so I, I think Leon, what he's saying is accurate.
0: Speaking of, you know, trips, you guys obviously had the, the trip down to Duke last year and, you know, you've talked a bunch about how you felt it was a a great experience. I don't really think we need to go through that again. But, you know, for me, that was kind of like a bucket list experience. I'm curious, you know, what are some of your favorite college basketball experiences that you've got to go to, you know, either as a head guy and assistant, you know, going even back to the nineties, if you want.
1: Man, that's a great, um, Duke is, is awesome. I mean, like obviously you've been there now I mean, that's something that you'll, you'll always remember. I mean, I remember, you know, as a, as a kid and my dad, you know, taking me to the games in the barn at Williams arena back like in the old big 10 days with, you know, uh, Steve Smith and, uh, at Michigan state and, you know, all those guys, I, I think that was awesome. And I remember, um, when I was at Minnesota as a student, we played the fab five, you know, at oh, wow. home. Uh, yeah. I mean, that was, that's the old I am. Um, and I, <laughs> I saw the, I saw those pictures of like the guys wearing the baggy shorts, you know, and the black. Uh-huh. So people remember, I mean, I lived through that, man. I mean, that was, and if that, if back then people could tell you that people would be back to wearing the, the Euro style shorts, I mean, they'd, they would have thought you were crazy, man. You had, you'd have no swag. Um, <laughs> and so, so I thought, and you know, there were a lot of those, I, I think playing, uh, um, some of those games at the Cole center and the old field house in Madison and Wisconsin, the Breslin center, um, at Michigan state is awesome. I mean, I could, I could go on and on. And, um, and I think it's just the games that you've played in, you know, you coached in, um, you know, I'll never forget the NCAA tournament games. I'll never forget the NCAA tournament game against Missouri, you know, uh, um, just playing and winning that game. And I think that one stood out to me in the sense of, I, I remember when, you know, we were given our recruiting pitches to the guys like Dorian Green and, you know, and Pierce, and we were telling these guys like, Hey, we were bad, but we were going to go to the NCAA tournament. and We were going to win when we got there. And it was kind of like when that happened for those guys, you know, after everything as bad as we were when they first got here, that was just really a cool moment, you know, to sit there and reflect and say, "Man, that's so awesome! These guys stuck together and look what they did." You know, this was a goal that we had all set for ourselves, and and to make that happen, I thought was uh, was really really awesome. And, and I could keep going on and on. There's so many great memories, but 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 those are a few uh, um, environments that stand out.
0: You know, going off of that, I'm curious what does a recruiting pitch look like for CSU now? You know, what are some of the things that you are, I know you you can't like give away your your whole recruiting pitch here, but what are some things that you highlight when you, you know, sit down and talk to somebody that's, you know, really considering coming to CSU and playing for you?
1: Well, I, I, I mean, I think that, you know, everybody's going to talk about how, how great their place is, but I think that when you talk about our community, first of all, just a, a, a place to go to school, a place to live, an environment to be in every day. It's it's just it's awesome, and I, and I think that you know I can speak from experience having been an assistant coach, and I hear that one thing that's has been really kind. Anybody who's gone to has either lived here and worked here, a student athlete that's gone to school and played here. I don't know anybody who said I didn't love Fort Collins. You know, I didn't love CSU. And so I think, you know, you, you really start there. It's, it's a great university. It's a great place. It's a great community. Um, I think that, you know, you, you, you sell our league. Uh, Um, I, I think our league is great. You get the opportunity, you know, to play on TV, to play on national television, you play in some great destinations and great cities, Uh, um, around. And so I, I think the league is awesome that way. Um, and then I think, you know, you really start to sell kind of who you are and what you do. I think I'm blessed that we have a great staff. We've got great people uh, um, that we get to work with. We really uh, um, do care about these guys more than just players. I think that we really take pride in trying to, you know, develop the whole person here and really try to invest in these guys as, as, as men, you know, and, and young men and that, you know, we're going to care about them. And I, we think that we can help them become their best players here. I'm um, in the best person that they can be, um, and and you know I think you know we really sell our vision of what we want, and you know, I tell guys all the time I, I know what this program can look like, you know I, I know what it can look like, I know what it can be, and um, I think we start there, um, and I think that kids can see very very quickly the kind of you know interactions we have with them, um, how we are really a team here, um, everybody's pulling in the same direction. Um, one of the things you know we do in recruiting is. You know, we, you know, every coach is going to have a, you know, a a point person or maybe an assistant that started, but we really try to get everybody on staff involved with all these crews, So they feel like they have a connection to all of us and they can see that we're all working together. And, and, you know, and then we, we saw a lot of the player development piece and, and the style of play. Um, I think our style of play is fun. I, I think the way we play is fun. I think it's an unselfish brand. I think players have freedom to play. Uh, um, and, and I think that the way we do that, we really take advantage of guys' skill sets and what they can do. And so I think it's great to go to school here. It's fun to play in our program. Um, Hey, sign up. You know?
0: <laughs> you know, you mentioned some of the, the great cities in the mountain West, and I definitely agree with that. I think there's a lot of really underrated spots, one just to hang out, but basketball venues, especially, you know, you got the pit and Albuquerque and Utah State's a lot of fun to play. Laramie's mm-hmm. a lot of fun when that place is rocking. Nah, you,
1: Laramie's no fun.
0: <laughs> yeah. What do you think needs to happen for the Mountain West to kind of, you know, raise its its status even more? I, I do think the league is is very well-respected, especially when you look at, you know, the success that Nevada's had, Utah State's had in recent years, and the precedent that New Mexico, UNLV, some of these other programs have had what are what are, are there some simple things that the league can do is it just you know scheduling big games or really does it just come down to winning
1: well you know the, and 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 not to sound like you know kind of but I mean, the simple thing is, is we got to you know win more games as a league you know you got to especially in the non conference we got to you know win uh um play better probably better schedules and beat some of those teams and i think that you know just everybody knows it who watches it it's no secret i think that it was kind of at an all time high there for a little Mm -hmm. bit kind of, and and, in my last in as an assistant, there's no question it took a dip. I think that, you know, even, you know, UNLV, uh, um, San Diego state, New Mexico, probably for a little bit of period of time, and really even all at the same time weren't as good maybe as they had been collectively. And I think those are name brand programs. And obviously San Diego state has obviously come back at a major level, but I think that you're seeing these other programs continue to, to build back and, and they've got great history, great tradition. I think the coaches there are doing a really good job. Um, Nevada's obviously been really good. Coach Alford's going to do a great job. I think Boise's developed a level of consistency. Uh, Utah state's been good. And then I think programs like ourselves, I think we're kind of trending back up in that, in that direction. Um, and I think it's not always the top of a league that matters. I think it's the same. It's the other teams kind of, do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Pulling their weight. so collectively we've got more competition in our league. And I can liken that back to the SOCON. You know, when I was in the Southern Conference, who now it's just turned into a monster. It might be as good of a one-bid league as there is in the country. And <clears throat> I remember I got asked that question, well, how does the SOCON raise its profile? And I used to say, well, it starts with us, like Furman, we were whatever, 336 out of 351 in the RPI. We got there and like, the league's not going to be better until we get better. Like all of us have to start doing our job. And Um, And I thought we started to do that. And I think it's really no different in the Mountain West. It's everybody making a commitment and everybody continuing to get better like I believe they are. And I think that will get us to where we need to get to.
0: More with Nico Medved in just a second. But first, let me tell you about our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. Breckenridge is, of course, the official beer of DNVR. Right now, they need our help to keep the farmhouse kicking during this time. If you order a meal or beer from the farmhouse, use the code DNVR, save $5 off. Nice. Super clutch. All you got to do, call 303-803-1380 from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. for your pickup order. They'll even bring it right out to your car for you. If you're like me, you're in Fort Collins, you can't really get down to the metro area right now. We're all in lockdown. That's okay, because I can still order some Breck beers directly to my house through the Drizzly app. Super clutch, beer right to my door. This is the future, people. This is the future. The 15-can sampler is the best bet for variety. Get a little bit of Avalanche Ale, maybe some Strawberry Sky, Vanilla Porter, whatever your fancy is, you'll have beer for everybody. That's the nice thing about Breck. They have just such a beautiful variety. Finally, if you want to get out of your house, you want to go support a local liquor store, you just want to get in there for a second, you can use the Breck beer locator to find the closest liquor store near you. It'll tell you exactly where it is, uh, where you can find all those delicious Breck brews, the nectar of the gods, if you will. Shout out to Breck. We love those guys. All right, back to Nico Medved. Do you feel a sense of pride when you look at, you know, Furman's obviously done well, even since you've moved on. And in some of these other spots, you know, Drake is, is still doing really well since you've moved on. I know, obviously there there can be tense feelings initially when coaches move on, which is natural. It just, it happens with the process, but you know, you individually, do you feel pride, you know, knowing that you had a part in the, you know, revival or transformation of those programs?
1: I think, I mean, I, I think without question, I mean, I think I, um, I can take pride in knowing that, wherever we were put everything that we had into that place, tried to treat people the right way, um, you know, felt good about the enthusiasm and, and again, the way we played and the way we competed, the way we represented ourselves. I think we do, I do take pride in that. You know, I, I look at Furman and, and it's really fun because, you know, Bob Ritchie was my assistant, you know, as the head coach there. And so many of those players are all players that, they recruit a lot of them at guys that we had redshirted, or so on and so forth, And really watching them take that thing to the next level. And, and yeah, what they've continued to do has just been unbelievable. I mean, they've been borderline at large team, you know, which is crazy. Um, And, and the way their fan support has grown and the way that they're doing the community, it's been really, really fun. And I just, I, I just, I love those, those guys on that team and their staff and what they're doing. And so I do take a lot of pride. And then I know when we walked in there and, Bob was a huge part of that. And our staff, we were awful, Justin. I mean, we were one of the worst, no, I mean, we were one of the worst 10 division one programs in the country at that point in time. And, and, uh, I mean, it took a lot of hard work and a lot of belief. And, uh, um, so I do, I take, we take a lot of pride in that.
0: When, um, when you got to CSU, you, you knew that it would be you know somewhat of a process. It was an interesting situation to come into, you know, we don't get to get into all that stuff, but, At this point, you know, like you said, CSU, it seems like you guys, you have some positive momentum, you've got things going in the right way, but is it hard to, to preach patience with everybody in the locker room? Just knowing like, you know, you want to reach the tournament immediately. You want to win the league immediately, but these things don't happen overnight. It's, it's a process.
1: It is there. There's no question. And, and, you know, I, I think that you gotta be careful listen, I, I, I'm i no dummy. I know that the job that we have in the pro, pro people are going to create their own expectations or what they think. And, 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 and I, you can't, if you spend all your time worrying about that, you drive yourself bananas, you know? So, so, so you can't, I want there to be high expectations for our program. I think eventually that's what you want. You want people to expect to win, to believe you can win. Uh, um, I, I think that's how you develop a great program. But no, we, we we do. We've got another step to take here. You know, we took a major step forward this year. I thought Arno all all was it was a terrific season for us. I think we have a lot to build on, but it is going to be different. You know, we are still young. Um, we've become more of the hunted now, right? There's expectations, and and that's a whole different animal right there. And that doesn't mean we can't live up to it. We have high expectations for ourselves. I think we believe we can compete with anybody, but but that is there's going to be ups and downs. growth isn't linear. Mm-hmm. It's not linear, you know, and I know that from being through it. It doesn't just go like this. You, know, you have peaks and valleys. And I think that the way I always try to approach it is sometimes when you have those valleys, that's the biggest opportunity to learn and grow if you handle that the right way. And you can't get too caught up and you know it's it's a weakness to get caught up in praise or criticism. you know you you appreciate it, but you've got to stay on that process, that that even path that you're on. and it is a challenge, but I, I want our fans to expect to win and, and all that. Um, so I don't shy away from that at all. But but yeah, they're, they're, we we're not where we need to be yet. That I can tell you. You know, we still got a lot of work to do, and we probably got some ups and downs to go through.
0: You know, I I hate to to dig at potentially fresh wounds, but it, it's you've had about a month now to to kind of reflect on the Mountain West tournament and going into that game you know, you talked about how dangerous Wyoming was. It wasn't like a situation where you guys didn't respect your opponent or didn't take them seriously. It was none of that, but I'm curious. Do you, do you almost think like you not respected them too much, but like had that in in the back of your minds or anything like that?
1: I don't, I mean, it it was funny. I had a long talk with uh, Dick Bennett about this too, about a month back after the season. And I think, really for any sport, but maybe basketball more than others is it's a, it it would be a real mistake to draw too many conclusions from one game, good or bad. Do you know what I'm saying? I I think, I I think like, like, what do do we have a tendency to do a team all of a sudden wins two big games in March when they've stunk all year, all of a sudden we think everything's right in the world. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and it goes the other way. And so I think it would be a mistake for us to get too Caught up and well, we played poorly that game, and Wyoming played very well. I think people forget that too, and they had been. And they looked better. great the
0: next night too. You know,
1: yeah, they, they they did, and and they had kind of changed. They had some younger guys come on, and but having said that, without question, I mean, we we did not perform um, and handle the pressure in that scenario the way that we needed to. But again, I'll kind of go back to maybe what I said before. I think within that, what it does is if you do it right, it just creates an opportunity for yourself to to. What can you learn from that? You know, how can you get better when you put yourself in that situation again? But those are hard, man. It's not easy being the, um, you know, It's e- I've been in those situations. I mean, run Sometimes it's easier to be the underdog, you know, um, and I always said this, you know, winning that first game sometimes is the hardest, but I think it's a mistake to put too much in that one game. I think what I would look at more as a staff is, were there any trends that were, you know, the last month of the season going this way or in some cases going this way. And it's more trends over the course of different games that you're looking at and said, okay, we were, we were headed in not the direction we wanted there. Why? How can we prevent that? How do we need to get better? Um, so it's not just that one game, that bubble. I think it's all of it. And, and so um, yeah, we didn't perform well, but, but I think that, you know, you can't put too much into that good or bad.
0: Well, and you know, there's, you, only so much you can take out of a moral victory. Like at the end of the day, you guys want to win. You guys are competitive. But if there is you know anything to take away from that long term, it wasn't like the guys gave up at any point during that game. It was competitive throughout. That, I've, I've seen CSU teams in the last five years where it was a first round exit, but it was one of those where it was like you could see minutes in, they didn't have it, and then they just kind of quit. It wasn't that situation. They kept fighting. It just wasn't their day. Yeah, I mean, we didn't, and
1: it was we did, we uh, we always did that, okay, fight. But I mean, no, we we played poorly. I mean, we we uh we got out of character on offense. We probably forced some things we shouldn't. Uh, uh defensively, we you know were kind of in, yeah, it was you know it was different. And I thought you know that it was a uh, the season for for younger guys too. The adjustments of being at the top of a scouting report and um you know all, all those things are a factor. But you know what um all in all, again, when time goes by, you're able to look at it and say, boy, it it was a great year. We grew in so many ways. We learned a lot about ourselves, started to, you know, really generate some enthusiasm and some belief in what we're doing. And yeah, that game stinks, but you know this, you put yourself out there, you're going to have those, you're, you're going to have those games. And the hardest part is not being able to go back out there. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And getting to play again, we got to sit on that, you know, all year, but maybe that's not a bad thing.
0: You know, now that we're in April and post-season has officially moved on, I mean, you guys would have obviously accepted uh, any post-season invite. That was, that was the plan.
1: Yes. Uh, you know, and we were planning on doing that. And maybe people have heard me, me say this before, but, you know, looked at that point in time after we lost that game, you know, the NIT was going to be out of the question. Um, and so we were going to plan on playing in the CBI and uh, probably host um and, you know, we'd given our guys some time off, um, without practice or anything. And literally we were scheduled to practice that afternoon, our first practice back after the losing that game to Wyoming. We found out literally an hour and a half before that practice that, you know, the CBI was done and then boy, everything just kind of went downhill from there. So that's really when all this started, um, um, to go that direction. And, um, so yeah, that was a, that was a blow. And, um, you know, we never got to practice again. We never got to got to get out there and, and play it. But it is what it is. Um, and you know, I guess I'm I'm always one to look at all right, what can we learn, learn through that? And you know, we'll learn something from that experience. And but I think it's like everything it's like everything else, like like when we took that bad loss at UNOP, I think it's important to remember that, you know, that was us in that game against Wyoming, but it was also us playing great in a lot of these other games. And I think you got to learn from both of those, you know, so what can we learn from that? What can we learn from not performing well? And, and, you know, just continue to take the next step and every step is that much harder to take. Um, but I, but I, I like this group. I really do. And I think there's a lot of room for growth.
0: Definitely. I'm I'm curious. Is there, is there anybody around the league that, you know, kind of has your attention as a, as a group that maybe is a sleeper or somebody that is you expect to kind of take the, the next step, maybe a team like Nevada, obviously in the second year with Alford or, you know, Linder up in Wyoming, who knows what he'll do in year one, but is there anybody that catches your eye other than, you know, San Diego state who obviously should be very, very good again?
1: Uh, you know, I think that's a great question. I mean, kind of depending on how it finishes up, I, 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 I think UNLV is, is going to start to, I think they had, I think their talent level was, you know, better than a lot of people realize. And I think that you know, Coach Otto and TJ had done a great job and finally started to get them to, you know, to, they got on the same page of what they wanted to do. And I, I, I see that program getting back on track. Um, I personally, you know, people can say what they want about Wyoming, but I give those guys a lot of credit as tough as their season was if people followed them. They were in all these games. They kept playing hard their young players started to really improve as the season went on. And clearly that showed at the end. Um, I think those guys at Wyoming will do a good job and it wouldn't surprise me at all if they're more competitive next year than people realize, cause they've got some pieces.
0: You know, I don't want to take up too much of your time here. I know you got tight. I schedule. nothing to do, Justin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I did, uh, I did want to ask you a little bit just about the one-time transfer rule. And it's, it seems to be kind of a divisive subject in college basketball. You have some coaches who are, you know, saying this is going to be the death of college basketball. You have other coaches that are like, yeah, you know, like it's basically happening anyways. Where do you stand on this? Do you think it's more or less good? Do you think it'll be hard for programs like CSU?
1: Um, so I don't get in trouble for saying this. Like I, I'm i not as... And I'm the same way with the the, theme image, and likeness stuff. I'm not as concerned about this whole it's the end of college basketball or any any of that stuff. Um, you know, so I I think we can get over the argument whether it's going to happen or not. So I I believe at some point the one-time transfer exemption rule will, will go through for college basketball. I think we've all kind of come to grips with that. To me, the bigger question is is how we implement it. And you know, I'm maybe in the minority here, but I think that, you know, a couple things I would like them to consider doing is I, th- I think there should probably be some sort of time frame, meaning that I don't know that it's fair for either side and, and you can say coaches leave or whatever, but I I don't think it's fair for a kid to walk in on July 31st and say, Ah, oh, oh, by the way, I'm gonna go, you know, start at another school next year. I, I, yeah. I think that I think that with both people, there's probably some sort of time limit for the sports. You go on the portal and and, you know, once we get, I don't know what that data is, arbitrary, you know, that, that, because I think you still have to be able to feel the team and you still have to be able to, I think we all have a responsibility to each other to do that. And the other thing I think that my my biggest fear over this is not kids should have the right. I, I'm all for players having movement and freedom. I, 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 I support that. I want experience for, for athletes. So I'm not against that. I think that my concern is, and you just kind of look at what's going on right there in the, in the, the transfer market is it, I'm worried about some of these schools who are essentially going to just treat this like the G league. And I don't think it's a good scenario where you have 10 new guys on a team every year. Yeah. I, 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 I think that's bad for everybody. I think that's, and I think maybe some of the players don't realize, but it's bad for them too. um, I think there are situations where transferring makes sense a hundred percent, but I don't know, you know, football has a 25 scholarship limit, Mm -hmm. you know, a year. I like to see maybe basketball, think about, I don't know what that is It. you know, 10 in two years, or is it something? So at least there has to be some thought put into, you know, players moving coaches, maybe, you know, looking at a transfer because I think if those things happen, I think eventually it evens out, right? Guys start to realize that you know, maybe a change is good, but the grass isn't always greener. I think Jeff Goodman put out something that is so true. Everybody's going to talk about the transfers who had success, but we don't report on the reality is a lot of these guys go and it's not what they think it's going yeah, to be. You just get
0: lost in the shuffle.
1: And then my fear is some of these schools, especially at the highest level, when that happens, school X will say, well, that didn't work out. We'll get rid of you and now bring in the next two. And I don't think that that is healthy for anybody. So, that's maybe my soapbox a little bit, but but uh um that's kind of how I feel.
0: Well, I think you could limit it like you said in some way whether it's you know, put some type of time period where the athletes are eligible, but I really do like the concept of, you know, maybe like maybe if you're a school you can only take so many one-time transfers in a 3-year period or something like put a cap on it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know what you know what I, I just think again the idea here is to allow players to and I I support sometimes hey a, a, a change is good for everybody and why should they have to and I I agree with that but I don't think the idea behind it is just to just you know again to have it be free agency where you know teams are turning over eight or nine guys on their roster every year bringing this guy and doesn't work out bring out the next one and players are all you know I, I don't I don't think that that's the intent and my fear is, is that's going to be an unintended consequence of this. Um, Because I think that they're, they're, you know, in some, in some cases it's going to make sense for guys and maybe didn't work out where they went or they don't have the role that they want. And maybe someplace else there's a better role or, uh, you know, whatever that is, or they're just not happy. And I get that. So um, I think there's a way to do this and hopefully we figure it out.
0: Do you see a situation where this leads to, you know high school kids potentially getting overlooked or under recruited you know it it could actually help mid majors just because if if power programs are trying to steal kids all the other time they might miss out on some really talented high school kids that end up slipping down or slipping through the cracks
1: but <laughs> but it's it's funny though i, I uh, you know what again, I'm not getting into specifics, but i'm I'm kind of looking at you know monitoring a little bit some of these transfers and where they're going and and I, I just it's it's just interesting to me. And I agree. It's kind of like sometimes in recruiting, you're looking for undervalued markets. And right now, I think sometimes people aren't paying enough attention to high school players, you know, and, and, and doing that. And people want to win now. They don't always have the patience to, Mm -hmm. you know, develop. And, and, and I, and I do, and I understand, you know, and Justin, the, the, the hard part about our profession now is, you know, Again, like we do, it people want results now, and people will talk about a process or being patient, but it's very difficult to get everybody on the same page, saying, "Hey, we're, we're going to do this," and um, we're trying to. You know, it's kind of an old, a little bit of, and we have some transfers too that I, I'm really excited about. But I, I think that um, you're right. I think there's probably are a lot of high school guys who are getting overlooked right now.
0: the The, the last thing I just want to ask you about here when you, when you look back at this, this second season, what, what's going to stand out the most to you? I mean, to, I mean, moments like the Isaiah Stevens shot, obviously, but for me, it's more just about you, you got to kind of see the growth of the program you got to see for the first time in a while, it was like, all right, these guys can compete with anybody on a nightly basis. I mean, you saw they went toe to toe with Duke for a while. I mean, San Diego state, you guys were that, that game was there for the taking.
1: I, I think, yeah, I, I think I agree with that. I think the the belief that our guys were, you know, could could compete and could win, um, you know, in this league. But, I, but I, I think maybe for me, it's kind of an internal thing, and I I look at the the seniors. I'll, I'll take Nico for example, who's you know played a lot, been through a lot of different, been in a lot of different locker rooms, man, and a lot of different teams and a lot of situations, and. You know, the other day when I was talking to him and, you know, doing like a pseudo exit interview, he just talked about, man, I just, you know, I've seen it all, but I just had so much, it was the first team I'd ever been on where everybody really liked each other, man. You know, where everybody was just, we all really got along. We all really felt connected. We were all pulling, you know, and, and that to me is what i remember the most because i think that's the first step you know and i was so happy for those guys you know to 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 have that and to feel that way walking out the door because i think that leaves such a great taste in their mouth about the experience that they had here that they can feel really good about they were winners um you know and that hopefully they played a part in that team that people will look back on and say hey that was one of the starts of this thing really going, you know, in a great direction. And so that's probably what stands out to me the most.
0: Well, and I know you brought it up a lot, you know, in post games and stuff like that, but I just, I don't think people really understand how important, especially like Chris and Hyron were for this team this year and their willingness to just, you know, especially when you moved Chris to the bench to like be those glue guys to play defense. I know Chris was a little bit more of a factor offensively, but just it's, it's to be seniors and and take the step back to the to the young guys. I don't think that happens in every locker
1: room. no, it doesn't, and that's a testament to them, and I think what was really cool too internally was as they were doing that, and then as the team started to win, you really saw them even take more pride in that, and then for those guys to start to get recognition for putting the team above themselves is so cool. It's like a proud dad, right? Because that's what you're, that's what you're trying to get. Cause I think that's a great life lesson. You know, it's not just about us, but I think if you can learn that in life, you're going to be put in so many other situations that way. And, you know, and and I feel like if, if, if that's something that they can take away or had a positive experience doing that, I think that that's great. Uh, Um, and that that's going to serve people really well.
0: Definitely. It's, it's, you know, it's like your motto team together. They they actually came together. It wasn't just a, wasn't just a corny social media pitch or anything like that. It was, it was really, you know, kind of the, the mantra of the team that year.
1: Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was good. And so it's, it was fun to see the guys, but it was fun to see the guys having some fun, you know, and I know coaches did too. So
0: is that kind of the most disappointing part about not getting the postseason is just, you know, not getting those last games together.
1: Yeah, you know what stinks? Of that. that would have been a great thing for our guys to have a chance to experience that, and you know, see where we could have gone or what that could have done. But man, I mean, in light of everything that's going on right now, I mean, I think you move past that, and
0: for I sure. think
1: this puts a whole nother, you know perspective on what you really appreciate, what's really important to you. And I tell our guys all the time, you know, basketball is what you do; it's what you're passionate about; it, you love it. It teaches you so many things, but it's not who you are you know, and I think that this is another reminder to these guys that there is more to life than, than just that, you know, and, uh, and hopefully that gives them another perspective. And you know what, in turn, it even makes them appreciate what they have more. And, and I know me whenever that day is, and we're back out in Moby practicing, I mean, I love it anyway, but it's, it's, it's going to have a whole nother meaning, you know, and they play that first game again, whatever that is. And however we do it, it's, it's going to have a whole nother meaning to it. And, uh, I think that's the perspective you need to have.
0: Totally. I mean, it's, it's funny, the little things you miss. I was like thinking about that the other day. I was like, I wish I could just go to basketball practice and and talk with people for like 45 minutes. Just me too. get out of this Even awful you, apartment. Even Justin.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even
0: me. <laughs> kidding,
1: man, I always love talking to you, but yeah.
0: Well, thank you, man. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. It's an honor to have you on and you know, like everybody else. I'm just, I'm hoping we get back sooner than later. And I'm excited to see what you guys can do moving forward.
1: Well, thanks, Justin. Appreciate you having me Uh, anytime. Appreciate the work you do.